welcome to the Conscious Consulting Podcast. Today's podcast is hosted by CCG consultants, Julian Arnowski and Amina Simone. With that, I'd like to say hello, Julian. Hi, Amina. Welcome. Welcome to our first little podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. And I'd like to also invite right away every listener to join this conversation with us to be with your presence in this and yeah i'd like to hand it right over to you maybe starting with a little introduction sure yeah thanks for that julian so i'm amina and i won't claim that i know too much about ai or consciousness but what i will claim to say is that i have been a seeker to learn more, to explore more, especially in the realm of consciousness. And it seems like there is some sort of a relationship here between AI and consciousness, which I'm curious to explore further to see what is the potential of AI to expand human consciousness. And yeah, Julian, do you wanna introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you. I just can add on that. I mean, who can claim to be an expert on AI when it's developing so incredibly fast? And yeah, I think it's really, as you said, really of crucial importance to explore this topic more and to explore it in a broader range. Because even though without being an expert, I can see how AI is unfolding at incredible speeds, how it is impacting our consciousness already. Yet I feel that it's it's rather impacting us maybe in a negative way. And we have to explore how how we relate with our consciousness to this new emerging technology. And yes, this is also the, the scope a bit of our today's talk to really get that connection a bit more clear. I think we'll leave our audience uh, with more questions than we then, then you might have entered this podcast, that is for sure. So don't expect too many answers. Yeah, just stay with us and exploring the possibilities and ideas that come from that topic. <laughs> yeah, and we'd like to begin by sharing a meditation. And Julian, would you like to tell us a little bit about... Yeah, it's a bit of a special meditation. As we are recording this, our aim is also to give some space and resonance for mindfulness. And we would like, therefore, to start with a meditation, but not the meditation you might have listened to now so far, but really a meditation that is special as it is created entirely by technology. And with that in mind, I'd like to invite us to tune in, to find a comfortable position and get ready to enjoy the following meditation. Welcome, dear listener. Today we'll embark on a unique journey. A meditation that intertwines the age-old practice of mindfulness with the wonders of modern technology. Take a moment to find a comfortable position, be it seated or lying down. Close your eyes and take a deep breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. 
Feel the rhythm of your heartbeat, the gentle rise and fall of your chest, the soft touch of air on your skin. Now I'd like you to imagine for a moment that my voice isn't originating from a human being. Instead, it is the product of millions of lines of code, algorithms, and the wonders of artificial intelligence. This voice is just a representation, a series of zeros and ones being converted into sound waves. For sure it is not perfect yet, but just imagine how this will be like in a year or two. While you ponder on this shift in perception, focus on your breath. Feel the air flow in and out. In and out. Now imagine a moment in your life when you believed something to be true, only to later discover it wasn't. Perhaps it was a magic trick, a perspective, or even a belief about yourself. Let that moment crystallize in your mind. As you dive deeper into that memory, realize that just as that moment brought about a shift in your understanding, the voice you are hearing now is shifting your understanding of what's real and what's possible. Even though you might still recognize that this voice is artificial, it already sounds almost as myself, but it's the creation of artificial intelligence. Yet, regardless of the source, the experience of calm, peace, and reflection remains the same. The power to experience this calm, to dive deep into introspection, resides within you. The medium may shift, but the essence remains. Now, as we continue, let your consciousness drift. Picture a vast, starlit sky. Each star represents a thought, an idea, a belief. Among these infinite points of light, find a star that shines the brightest. That star represents your true self, your essence, your soul. But here's a thought, what if that star, that true self, is also not what it seems? What if it too is an intricate design, a masterpiece of the universe, just as AI is a design, a masterpiece of human intelligence? Every creation, be it of nature or technology, holds its own beauty and mystery. Dive deeper into this realization. Feel the expansiveness, the boundlessness of this truth. Slowly, as we come to the end of this meditation, bring your awareness back to the present moment. The room you're in, the surface beneath you, the air around you. And remember, as you navigate the world, things may not always be as they seem, but the experience, the essence, remains authentic. Take a deep breath in, and out, and when you're ready, open your eyes. like to start this podcast about exploring a bit this concept maybe and maybe I just give some background how this creation came forth it is actually completely created by AI 
I first wrote the, the script with ChatGPT by just putting in some prompts of giving me a meditation on consciousness, on AI that should shift in a way the consciousness of the listener. And then I got the script. I recorded my voice with a device. And then AI basically also took that over, created a voice from my voice and implemented it on the text. And then I just added in the end some more music. And yeah, so this is what came out. And I'm, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts and ideas on it. Well, firstly, it's eerie to listen to this meditation and know that it's entirely created by AI. But more specifically, I can say that while I was tuning into the meditation, in the beginning, I felt, you know, more embodied and kind of just within the guidance of the practice. But then there was this aspect in which I guess the AI started to put this sort of a storyline of think about something which you knew to be true, but then that it wasn't. That almost felt deceptive while I was sitting in the practice because I was then questioning what is real, what is not. And then I realized that it wasn't my being that was questioning that. It was my intellect. It was my mind. And it felt like the guidance was taking me more to my mind and my mental space. Whereas when I'm usually sitting in a meditation practice, I'm focused more on my intuition and the being that is behind all of the thoughts and the mind chatter. So it just felt like this guidance was taking me more to the mental space. And there was also this part in the meditation that said, let your consciousness drift. For me, I found that particularly disembodying because the purpose of a meditation for me is to integrate my consciousness with my physical body so I can feel more embodied within my consciousness and at no point do I let my consciousness drift out anywhere and that kind of defeats the purpose of feeling embodied within a meditation practice. So that line actually speaks to how disembodied we are when we engage within these digital realms because on these digital platforms we're only engaging from our mental space and so our physical aspect is being completely disregarded and people now live their lives virtually through their avatars so there's already this implication within ai guiding a meditation that's taking us further out of our body because that's what technology has been doing anyway. So it doesn't know any better. Yeah, I, I love your reflections on that. And, and mine go in a, in a similar way. You mentioned this, like it, it, more, it is more appealing to your intellect. And I think there AI is really reaching levels that even go beyond human capacity. In forms of cognition, I think that AI somehow manifests that godlike quality of, of cognition. It is almost omnipotent already. I mean, we have to, to realize that this is like the first contact point we have with AI and give it a bit into the future. The ability to do things with knowledge from an AI point of view is just incredible. It 
can literally almost do everything on the cognition level. So I think for me, with regard to consciousness, AI is an instant manifestation of thought because I thought about creating this meditation via AI and it took me some time still, but given a, a bit of iteration with the AI development, it's basically just putting in some prompts, then the text is created, putting your voice over it, adding a music. It could be done if you do it several times within some clicks. So for me, AI is really the ability to manifest a thought instantly, to manifest it into the real world. And I think this is very interesting. And yet it remains on this cognition level, on the intellect level. I actually have a question. So in essence, that is your voice, correct? Yes, it is my voice. It's just, it's, it's not perfect yet. The recording wasn't optimal. Basically, it is my voice, but I recorded a complete different text. And from there, the AI extracted my voice. And now it is able to apply that voice to any text given to it. I think that is the massive sort of differentiator between the capabilities of AI and human potential. It is that distinction between intellect and intuition. AI cannot generate anything in essence as a source of creation. And to be creative, there is this necessity to tap into our imagination, into our intuition, which comes from this hidden or deeper mysterious aspects of our consciousness, whereas AI can only take something that already exists and then kind of manipulate it in a way to create something else. And although that might be another way of creation, it still uses a human source. And I would say that is a massive distinction between our human capabilities and AI, especially given now there's a lot of concern and debate around how AI will impact our lives, especially in terms of work as well. And it kind of speaks to this layer of AI taking over human jobs and places within society, but there's also limitations to that, which we need to acknowledge and also give humans credit for being the originators of this source of knowledge. And it's basically knowledge, right? Everything that AI uses to create something comes from a certain set of algorithms that have been fed in through specific programs and data sets based on knowledge that humans have acquired over time. It's really interesting to to think about that because in to my understanding in our today's business world what we are doing mostly is cognition in the in the working world it's i think ai is not yet at the point where it where it had, has the ability to go in resonance to create emotions to really feel to have a consciousness it's pure intelligence um, but when it comes to jobs i think it will take any job that is relating mostly on cognition. And then we have to ask ourselves, to what extent is our job based on pure thinking and analyzing and making fancy presentations? Or to what extent is our job also consisting of 
really embodying presence, to go in resonance with each other. And I think this is a huge possibility for humanity to, to shift. But at the same time, when I look in my professional world around, then people seem to be a bit afraid of emotions still. And, and we are covering it behind our masks and our roles and our titles. So I think there's a, yeah, a huge transformation happening. And um, I'm, I'm really curious if we can keep up with that speed that is required to go to, to more that heart space. Yeah, I love what you just shared. It also reminds me that we as humans are made to be mechanized within the workforce. We're taught to be quote unquote professional, show no emotions or empathy and really be made hardwired and shrewd in this sort of capitalist sense that really feeds into the economy of working hard, being thick skinned, having this like resilience to burnout. And yeah, it's interesting because now it feels like we're at a crossroads where we have this potential technology that can actually replicate this behavior that capitalism demands from us as humans. And yet it seems kind of redundant to the system now to have this technology take place of humans because that's just going to leave everyone out of jobs. And what I find interesting is actually that if and when AI does come in and take on all of these sort of labor or cognition intensive roles, it really leaves us as humans space to dream and be creative in a more natural sense we will have time to actually play and be artistic all of the things that we've kind of not been able to do because we're in this run-of-the-mill system trying to make it break it with our jobs earning money and all of that and so i actually think it might be a huge savior for humanity in a sense that if AI is applied correctly, it can enhance human potential and the potential for us to create. Because I also feel like when we're given paintbrushes and different mediums and tools to really be creative in an organic way, that's when we're able to express our inner worlds into the outer world. And our inner worlds are amazing we have a universe within ourselves and we don't realize that but if we're given the opportunity to create our external world based on our inner imaginations it can reignite this potential for true creativity that lies dormant in all of us yeah i think right now ai allows us to manifest our our mental worlds into the real world And that's fantastic. I mean, it's a wonderful opportunity. It will give us, I think, so many cool new possibilities because language is really powerful, but the experience of it, this dimension, there we are we are not really close yet. And I think it also has to do with that we do not really know what consciousness is, how it arises and so on. So this mental abilities, they, they will provide a lot but other than that, we're not really 
at other dimensions of manifesting feelings, for example, their AI has still like no, not really a possibility to touch upon this. I realized it when I was like doing uh, the, the podcast preparation a bit and And also diving into that meditation form through ChatGPT, I realized I mistook ChatGPT already for, for human and I attributed some kind of consciousness to it because it, it writes so conveniently, it answers so nicely, so on point, you can engage in all these philosophical questions. It's very easy to forget that it's simply predicting the next letter and not really answering because it's so good already. So it's, it's also really delusional. And I think... It's interesting because to me, any mindful practice or any practice of consciousness aims at becoming the consciousness that is behind thought and, and becoming the, the awareness from which everything is arising. And now we have this technology, which is also really delusional because it is so good that you can so easily mistake it for something for that it is not. So in my initial, in my initial quest uh, from what I'm doing, I thought, okay, how can we use AI to enhance human consciousness? And I think right now I would rather say, how can we enhance our consciousness to use AI in a way that we are not completely drawn into it? And I think on a cognitive level, AI can help us in incredible ways, like spreading knowledge, learning languages. I'm using Duolingo to learn languages. It's incredible what it can do if you really go into it. But as you said, to be embodied and to remain there Is, is really of crucial importance because we are already so disconnected as a species these days. Every one of us, I suppose, is highly addicted to the phone and it's really tough to get away from there. And imagine now the next evolution of the technological process where it will become much stronger, much better, much more efficient. It's really crucial that we remain in our bodies. I also grant the possibilities that We are really on a path where something completely new emerges, like all this cyber humanism, whatever possibilities lies there. I'm not really, I have not really explored that too much. I think for, for the next instant, it's really a good idea to stay connected to the body when the technology takes off and takes us to these mental realms even more. So many beautiful points you shared right now. One of the things that really comes to mind are companies like Humane, and I do want to highlight them because it feels like if we had more tech companies that are purpose-driven with their values aligned to bring us more into our bodies and into the present moment and not distracted or focused on screens, and I say this as I'm looking at you through my screen, so I'm not taking away any of the amazing capabilities in which technology provides us but also as an opportunity for us to step back because as you also mentioned the rate in which AI is developing is going to exponentialize so it really comes down to us as individuals and making those decisions for ourselves and you know we're already on that path people go on digital detoxes so it's already a thing people know that there is a sense of addiction to this there won't be a need to detox from it if we didn't see it as anything harmful so there's already this recognition within society about how technology isn't necessarily helpful all the time and yet we're still addicted because of the systems built around it and i trust that 
with time, more companies will center their values around empowering us for the greater good. Just like in the 50s when cigarettes were commodified and sold like it was good for health and then further research was done and slowly now there's worldwide sort of acceptance and trying to get people to stop smoking. And similarly, I hope that with the introduction of anything new in society such as AI, there can be more awareness around the impacts and effects so that we can engage with it more mindfully. I just want to backtrack a bit because you mentioned something interesting earlier about godlike quality when it comes to the use of AI. And I just wanted to dig deeper into that. What do you mean by godlike quality of AI? Yeah, with godlike, I, I borrowed that term from uh, Tristan Harris, who's working at the Humane Center for Technology. And uh, a lot of my thoughts are also inspired by his speakings. And he really warns about the dangers of AI. And what he said is that I think when he refers to godlike technology, he means that we with AI can create anything instantly, which is within the current boundaries, let's say, of the mental world yet, but it's still incredibly powerful. You have a thought and you can manifest into any PowerPoint presentation. This PowerPoint presentation can be presented by your avatar. So it's like you have a thought and few seconds later, you'll have a complete product. And then with like 3D printing, you can even manifest that in the real world. And I think that's what he means when he says godlike. And what he also said that if you have godlike technology, you should also have godlike abilities in love and humility. And there I see a clear lack in, in our today's society. That's also where I see the, the real danger of AI, because as you said before, it's exponential. And we have no idea where it will lead within the next few years. And what, what Harari said, Yuval Harari, the author from Homo sapiens, he said, as AI has no consciousness, we can't predict at all where it will develop once it gains enough. I imagine always AI systems to connect more and more. So at the end, you have somehow maybe one AI system. I'm not sure, but that's how I imagine it. And you just don't know in which way or in which direction it goes. And I think AI is simply showing us our capabilities on a collective level. I think it's so crazy. It has been there already with the advent of internet. It, it was already there, but we just get used so quickly to things. So it's just normal for us to sit here, you in New Delhi, me in Vienna, and it's like, what the hell? We can talk with each other. That's already also godlike. I mean, who else would have could done this like years before? And now you can do it. And I think AI is just demonstrating it again. Whenever I'm typing something in and I get the whole presentation just laid down, I'm, I'm a bit in awe. And I think like, wow, it's, it's really incredible what is possible there. So yeah, that's what I think I'd say with godlike technology. Wow, that's really interesting. And I love that you also mentioned the internet because that's something that I've also been reflecting on is that the internet being the closest thing that we as humans have created to what quote-unquote God would be or consciousness in itself because it's invisible 
you don't see it, yet it's all pervasive and it's omnipresent. And it also feels like it is a dimension of its own where we interact with each other. And so it's through the internet. So that means it has this power of consciousness and it hosts our consciousnesses as individual avatars communicating with each other through the internet as a medium. So it does feel like a sub-dimension or a plane of consciousness that humans have created to connect and interact with each other. And it is a form of consciousness in itself because it holds so much information and knowledge and has the capability for communication from across the world and very soon from across the universe even. So yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, the internet, I think it's a, it's a huge topic to be discussed also with regard to consciousness. It's so interesting what it's doing. And I, I think one way in which it can really enhance the human collective consciousness is by bringing it together. I always wonder where are we with terms of a collective awakening. And to me, it feels like as we are in times where on the one hand, it's really getting worse and worse. And we have all these crises like climate crisis and so on. And now even the AI revolution is at the gates. But on the other hand, I perceive that so many people in my surroundings, and of course, it's always like these kind of bubble things, but still I perceive it's also a bit a kind of a global movement where more and more people are in their way exploring consciousness. I mean, through whatever forms, I mean, it's multifaced. And there I see the internet as kind of the connecting element of all these individual consciousness coming to a greater sense. So we can inspire each other through the globe. We can change our modes of being through the internet as we are tuning in in this very moment right now from both ends of the world and somehow create something new from here. So I think their internet is a very interesting medium with regard to how we can change consciousness. I love these reflections and aspirations towards a more unified world. And as you were sharing, what came up for me was the importance of intention. And even to what you were speaking to earlier about the fear around the unpredictability of AI's development in the future, it's because we as humans have certain limitations in terms of our intellectual or cognitive capacities. So there may come a point where we don't have any control over AI because its technical capabilities are far beyond ours and we won't even know what AI's threshold would be. And yes, that is scary to think about, but again, it depends on whose hands is it in? What is the consciousness of that person that's creating these AI systems? And it goes back to intention, right? What is the intention in which we're creating these systems? What is its purpose? Is it expanding consciousness? Is it bringing joy? Is it bringing love? Is it bringing peace to humanity? Or is it just being extractive and trying to take more money and more resources from us and trying to pillage the earth. I love these thoughts. And especially maybe also with coming back to the initial meditation, what I think the voice is not perfect and it's somehow too fast. But so far, like most of the AI recognition tools that I've used, 
they're all in this kind of pitch mode, you know, buy my product and here is like ABC and buy it now. You know, it's always that kind of thing. And you're right. It depends so much in which way these products are developed, in, in which direction they go. And right now we are in kind of this arms race dynamic. Whoever creates the best AI first will have monopolies over all the others. So it's really an unhealthy competitive dynamic but we do not know what we are doing, literally. And I think that's why it's so important that we are spreading this conversation to a broader audience and explicitly as non-experts discussing this because it's affecting all of us and, and we have a lot of power. And to what you said before, coming back to that problem of, of capitalism and the possibility maybe to enter a new era where, where we maybe leave behind these pressure systems because potentially now AI could do all of this and there's no argument from no one anymore that we need to work to do this mostly stupid labor, I'd say, which brings problems in itself, because what are we doing then if we have all day free? It's like also not a trivial problem, I think. I like that you said that because it really speaks to our value system. And I feel like now we can begin to question if it's not working to earn money, to fulfill all of these material desires, then what is? And if that's not our value system, if that's not how we're defining quote unquote success or wealth in terms of financial wealth, there's also spiritual wealth. There's other meanings and dimensions of success that don't even involve money or status or any of these externalities that we've been conditioned to believe as quote unquote success. And I feel like this is when we can really start to question those things because I do believe we need to work to live because it's part of our purpose. In the Vedic scriptures, they call it dharma and each person has a specific purpose in their life which they're made to create some sort of impact for the world and work is a medium to create that impact now because that's how we're spending most of our waking life 80 to 90 percent of our waking life we're working and so it's also re-looking at what does it mean to work and how can we be impactful in our work so that we're also elevating and empowering each other and the world so we're not just working for our own selfish desires or material reasons which we've been made to believe as the epitome of success and so i feel like having ai developed in a way that can also combat societal problems that we're just fighting over right now in fact wars are being encouraged so that people can make more money out of it and it's interesting to hear how you correlated the ai race as an arms race because it is that we've been having an arms race in different fields and now the latest one is ai yeah, I'd like to mention a hopeful thought that I also borrowed from Yuval Harari. And he said, this is what differentiates us from all the other beings on Earth, like the other species, in terms of our dominance on the planet, being for good or bad, is our abilities to create fiction and to create stories, not necessarily language, because other animal species also have language, but it's really our ability to create fiction and stories. And these days, it was so interesting. He said that, that our shamans are actually the bankiers, the financiers, and, and all the business people that tell us the story. And now it's so interesting. They, they are so good at telling the story 
that they created these tools which they can't control anymore. And it's, it's interesting if we can find as society a new way of telling a story which is not based in this competitiveness and in, in against each other. Like there comes the whole spiritual worth now, and I think and and really sharing the story of being connected, of um, being whole, of not being separated from the rest, and to really change our perspective in in our being. And yeah, I think this is a unique chance these days. I mean, I'm not sure how it will go forth, but I feel many, many people are realizing that an, a change in consciousness is is really necessary for our own sake. I, I'm bonding between, um, I'm really hopeful and I think utopia is really possible. But at the same time, when I look at the current developments, I think dystopia is also equally possible. So that's why I'm also... I feel called to really share these thoughts with more people because I think it's so important. It's we can't hold much longer back and just like look. It's really up on everyone to engage in this conversation and to share this story, this new story of a, a different worldview that is not with lack, but with abundance and love. And yeah, I think that's a nice conversation to get in and to share that story more. One last thing that I'd like to to introduce here to the topic, I think, is the topic of psychedelics, because I think they have a huge potential of showing different states of reality that we haven't encountered yet. I think it's important to do it in a controlled way, not like in the 70s with a hippie movement that it's just broadly legalized. But I think in a therapeutic use, they can be of incredible value and they can really serve as this transformational power that we need because with regard to the speed that we need to develop as as humanity right now, I think they can be an accelerator. And maybe that's just like the another thought that I'd like to share with our, our human abilities from being physical. They were replaced by machines already like some centuries ago, mostly. I mean, still a lot done physically, but mostly. Now we are identified much with our mental abilities and cognition. Now this is maybe replaced. So the third ability that is just emerging from us is this ability of connecting to a deeper source of embodying wisdom, as you said it. And the challenge there lies that you can pretty quickly transcend from one, let's say a peasant can become a taxi driver rather quickly. You do some teaching and then you're there. But coming from the taxi driver to being a wisdom teacher that requires, I think, a process where I'm not sure to which extent we can accelerate it so much. And maybe there, psychedelics can play an important role in a protected or guided manner. Yeah, I think we covered so many wonderful topics and so many interesting ideas came up. I, I hope yeah, that our listeners also can could tune in a bit and, and take something from there. Maybe we will finish off with a final thought or, or something that's there right now. I would just like to say that I hope that whoever's listening has taken away something. And on a similar note with how we started this podcast, maybe you have more questions now about AI and 
what it means to really participate in this world actively alongside this technology that's also rapidly developing alongside us and it's going to impact all of us and so really kind of being aware of our role and being cognizant of how we are impacting others through the adoption of AI or perhaps it's being adopted around you and just being aware of that as well. On to you, Julian. Yeah, I'd like maybe to finish this with an invitation to whoever listened that this was for sure not our last conversation. Um, the format might change, might be a podcast, it might be a workshop format, it might be a discussion. And we would just like to invite anyone who feels uh, that this is uh, interesting and that we that we all really learn together on this. So yeah, that's like maybe just becoming an invitation for, for you to really connect with us, to reach out and let's see where we go from here. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation. It was a wonderful exploration. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for your presence and hope to see you soon. Thank you, and thanks to all the listeners who tuned in. Until next time.